Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Coming up in this holiday edition, Lav and I give thanks for the story we were able to write in 2020 and the story that we didn't have to write this year. Welcome to the Golf Central Podcast brought to you by the new P770 from TaylorMade. Why practice a draw if you've got a fade? If you can hit it high, why master the stinger? Because the key to better golf is having options you can count on. That's why TaylorMade took everything they learned making P790, the forged face, the speed foam, and all its DNA and put it into a smaller package. Introducing P770, let the sibling rivalry begin. Available at your local golf retailer or tailormadegolf.com. Use promo code GOLFCHANNEL for free two-day shipping on any order. This is a pod first. We got a man on the move. Lav, where are you and what are you doing at this moment? I uh, just passed Covington, Georgia. Uh, I'm in nice I'm in spot. Route to, I'm en route to Atlanta. Uh, I'm at my in-laws place who they have a place up at uh, Reynolds Lake Oconee, shameless plug. And so normally, Rex, when I do this podcast, I'm worried about my cat uh, bumping into the microphone. I'm worried about my dog downstairs um, who is barking. This time, I just have to worry about my wife and whatever whatever is going to come out of her mouth during this 25-minute record. That's, a, that's not entirely true because there have been times when your wife has been on the Zoom downstairs and she can get animated. We have all just, heard it. Bur- just just berating her co-workers on the downstairs soon. Oh, yeah. She's fun. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, before we move on to what we want to look forward to, which is the holiday Thanksgiving, I'm glad you guys are being able to spend time with family. I do want to revisit the RSM Classic. Uh, it, it is my fifth major. Because I was there. It was my fifth major. I know we're all going to dig into the Sea Island thing, and, and I do enjoy it. However, I will make an argument, and you you have some very strong opinions when it comes to young Robert Streb, who ended up winning. I would argue, though, that he hit what I'm going to try to sit down tomorrow and write in a column was the shot of the year under the most clutch pressure. Do you agree with that? The shot of the – are you nuts? It was a pretty good shot, man. Yeah, pitching wedge from the rough. Hit it to a foot. I mean, mean, it was was your fifth major, but with all due respect, the RSM Classic is no one else's fifth major. How about the shot that actually won the PGA Championship? Robert Streb's. And that was Colin Morikawa's uh, Good one. driver to about eight feet for to set up the eagle. I mean, to me that to me that was the shot of the year. Good one. Good one. Yeah, like I said, it's not going to be a it's going to be a difficult argument. I'm just going to leave it but at it, that. I, so it was, I, I still was, have to dig it into clearly, that. One. It was clearly Robert Streb's shot of his life. I mean, to have that ball burn the edge from what was that 155 with a nine iron under the pressure against Kevin Kisner. He you know he just needed to make an eight footer on the previous hole just to stay alive. It was an incredible shot. I'm really happy for Robert Streb. He's now a two-time winner on the PGA Tours, exempt through 2023 uh, for a guy who was 
without the pandemic looking like he was going to be going back to the Corn Ferry Tour final. So, I mean, it was a tremendous shot and, and kudos to him. He's now exempt on tour for the next three years, but shot of the year. Come on, let's not be a prisoner of the moment, Rex. Uh, no, I, I believe it was the shot of the year. You're, you'll have to click on the, the story tomorrow to, to see how I weave that in there. I'm going I'm to stick with that until I can't stick with it anymore. And I do also have to point out that Kevin Kisner is snake bitten once again. Kevin Kisner, in my opinion, is a national treasure. Uh, I, we always love it when he when he wins because he lights notebooks up. He, he's fun to interview. He's uh, an insightful person. He's got some simple humor that's enjoyable. However, to shoot a final round 63. To have not one, not two, but three looks at birdies coming down the stretch, including 18 twice, once in regulation, once in a playoff, and to not be able to hold any of those putts, a, a little heartbreak. And I do want to point out that, that Kevin Kisner in playoffs, I do not understand, because you would think that guy, that bulldog, he is, like you, a Georgia bulldog, would be uh, the closer of the, the decade, and he just has not been in playoffs on the PGA Tour. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, his most recent win on the PGA Tour was – in a basically a playoff situation. It was in the WGC match play in 2019. It's crazy to think that he hasn't won on the PGA Tour since. Now, over the last four months, I believe this was his fourth top four finish, so he keeps knocking on the door, but it does not make any sense just in general that Kevin Kisner only has two wins in the PGA Tour that came in stroke play events. I mean, I think he's he's too good. He's, he's too good with the short game and the putting, but he's certainly been knocking on the door uh, recently, I, I do like, Rex, that, that you mentioned how Kevin Kisner lights up notebooks because the opposite of that is the guy who actually won the tournament in Robert Streb. And can you please enlighten us with some with some Robert Streb nuggets? Because he, he doesn't offer a whole lot in interviews. We have to be honest. Uh, Robert, no, he does not. And I had to interview him, I think, after every day last week. And so that was, that was four tough interviews. And I like Robert a lot. Uh, I, I've been fortunate enough to have dinner with him. He's insightful. He's funny. He's got some Midwestern sensibilities that I, I certainly appreciate. But like other people that we know, when you put a microphone in front of his face, he, he tends to freeze up and fall back onto cliches and to be to do the normal sports person thing, right? Which is to say the most mundane thing ever. No one's yes. going to remember this interview. And if no one remembers this interview, then I was successful. And unfortunately, that's his deal. And he's not going to change. I have now covered both of those PGA Tour victories with Robert Strav. I am going to end up writing his biography when all comes to pass, and it's going to be a difficult write because he just doesn't say much. That being said, it's a fascinating story to me. As you pointed out, had it not been for the pandemic, he wouldn't have been in this field more than likely because he would have been relegated to the Corn Ferry Tour. And I just think when you look at where his game was at, I'm going to say the last few years, he had bounced back and forth between the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour. When I asked him, what the difference was, he couldn't give me any reason whatsoever other than, I guess I like the course. And that was a direct quote. You can write that down and use that later if you want. I guess I just like the course. I mean, this is – I mean, that's the kind of stuff a, that makes is, headlines. This is a guy who you have great dinner conversation with? Same guy? Well, we do. I mean, he's a – like I said, he's a Kansas State guy, so we talk football. Um, I, I, he's from Oklahoma. Uh, like I said, he's got some Midwestern sensibilities. He, he's very involved with the Fold of Honor, which is an organization that I'm involved, involved with as well. I, I like where his heart's at. He's a family man. But, you know, when, when I asked him on Saturday night, what are you going to do? And the answer was, I guess, get ice cream. <laughs> there, there's just not much there. I mean, which you is, and I can sit and debate, thing. you know, if, if we like the person or not like the person. I did not want to write that story on Sunday night. I did not want to interview 
him on Sunday night. I mean, it's, it's hard when I have to sit down and try to come up with three questions for the Golf Central interview that I'm going to get something other than, I guess I just like the course. That That is kryptonite when it comes to my job. Or I'm going to celebrate with ice cream. And it's I, I think it's a shame too, Rex, because we – we, we enjoy writing these journeyman type of stories. A guy who's clearly had some struggles over the past couple of years. You, know, you, you think of the fact that he won in 2016. Over the last six years, five times he's finished worse than 100th in the FedEx Cup. So it's not like he's been able to parlay that victory into, into more success until the RSM here. We, we like to write that story. And so I just wish he'd, he would, you know, just be a little bit more open with us, a little bit more honest, a little bit more anecdotal in some of the stories. That's that's all we're asking. We, we, we want to tell his story about his life and his career. We want to do that. He's just not making it easy. Uh, no, he is not. And I, I don't imagine that he ever will. Uh, to give context on this, we talk about how much we love Kisner. When I covered that match play victory, the famous quote that is now on T-shirts all around the United States is, this ain't no boys. So you get the you get the impression of where we're going with this. Like some guys are just good quotes and some guys, unfortunately, are not. Uh, there was other news that we weren't able to get to last week because it came after we taped the podcast. Tiger Woods, surprisingly, added to his schedule. He's going to play the PNC event with his son, Charlie, which is very, very cool. Uh, your immediate thought when you heard that news. And again, it was surprising, I think, to most of us. I, I think I was surprised in the sense that it's telling where Tiger is in his life and career that he's willing to put himself out there in a father and son event. And I think the secondary storyline to that is, I think he clearly knows something about Charlie's game too, that his 11 year old son is going to be able to handle what is going to be a worldwide television audience for the PNC championship. I mean, he, he wouldn't be putting Charlie in that position potentially to fail if he didn't think that he could handle the pressure, if he didn't think he could handle the spotlight. I know it's just a two-man 36-hole scramble, but there's going to be a lot of eyeballs to, to see how Tiger Woods' son plays, plays golf. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. There's going to be countless stories. There's going to be countless videos on social media. And I think Tiger knows that, that Charlie's at the point in his development now that he can handle that. And I think it's going to be really fun to watch. No, I agree with you because that is a lot of pressure. He's always been so protective of his family, both of his kids. Uh, he's so protective of his private life. And so to be able to do this in, in, you know, in a way that there isn't going to be anywhere to hide. I mean, of course, Tiger's famous moment with Charlie is after the Masters last year when he was waiting for him at, you know, behind the final green. That's one thing. This puts him right into the spotlight. It, it's interesting. I talked to Davis Love last week about this, about the first time that he played in that event with his son, Drew. And there were similar concerns until, and for Drew, it was, I feel like I can compete because he looked at the other sons slash daughters slash, you know, teammates that were competing with these major champions. And, and I do think in, in Tiger Woods' life, and we've, we've addressed this, I think it's just the new chapter. I think Tiger Woods has embraced the idea of, of I love spending time around my kids, and I want them to experience this game the way I've experienced this game. I can't imagine a better way to do it than this. I think it's I think it's absolutely tremendous for Tiger, and I, I you know I think I think his peers are going to be receptive of it. I, I know everyone's looking forward to to seeing how the the two play together and kind of getting a peek behind the curtain of how he is as a parent. I know you're only getting a four or five hour snapshot, but I think it'll just be interesting to see 
how Tiger, the parent, reacts to good shots from Charlie, bad shots from Charlie, how he's coaching him around, how he's encouraging him. I think that'll be really neat to watch. And I think just overall, it adds a lot of juice to an event that's, you know, it's a, it's a silly season event. It's, you know, during a sleepy time of the year. But you're going to have Justin Thomas and his father, Mike, now. You're, you know, you have Bernhard Langer and his, I think this year he's playing with his son again. Um, they seem to win the thing every year. The, the Daly's, John Daly and his son, Little John. So, you know, I, I think there's some potential for, for this to be a really great event every single year, right around the holidays. Your wife must be bored to tears with this conversation right now. Well, she's like, if you like golf, then this is a good conversation. She has to be bored to tears. I think she's just mad that I'm going to be gone now a week before Christmas covering this event, as opposed to doing some kind it's of two days gingerbread house building or or whatever she has planned, maybe lights, maybe light, you know, look at some of the lights around town. I'm not really sure what she has planned, but I'm sure it it would have been uh, very exciting. Very exciting. Uh, And I will say this, that normally I I kind of give the nod to the wise guys when it comes to setting odds, because they seem to know more than other people. It's how you make money. However, when they immediately install Tiger and Charlie, not as favorites, but they're among the favorites. I, I do think that's comical. I mean, when you think of the other people that are in that field, you mentioned Justin Charlie Thomas is and his father, playing, Mike. What's what's the junior tee? The, ju- the junior tee has got to be 5,000 yards. I'm not thinking of Charlie as a liability. I'm more worried about Tiger Woods' putting as a liability. hey Oh, my. No? You mean, mean the Tiger Woods that just made a 10 at the at Augusta? Yes. I mean, the Ritz yeah. is, is pretty forgiving off the tee. That's, that's, that's right up his alley. They have generally large flat greens um i would think they're probably second or third best i'm not sure i would i would think i would think bernhard is probably going to win again just because he wins every single year um would you not put them second or third best no maybe third just for the sheer i mean charlie woods is like shooting right around par in the junior i I don't spend a lot of time looking at yeah i don't spend a lot of time looking at sibling games or, or children's games so I, I really can't handicap it that well i will say that mike thomas is a professional a teaching professional but a professional nonetheless so i think jt and mike would would have some sort of edge on that front but maybe not maybe i'm wrong on this maybe charlie's going to go out and carry his dad because that's the only way i could see them winning oh social media will just implode if he does that'll be fantastic all right where are you at now give me the uh, mile marker see. i'm about to turn on to 285 north towards greenville yeah. Pay attention. What's your go-to stop if you guys need a snack? Oh, Zaxby's. Zaxby's just it, – it smells like Georgia. It tastes like Georgia. It looks like Georgia. That's like every time we drive up 75, we're going to make a stop at Zaxby's. It, it reminds me of when we went to school and all we really had in our pocket was $10 and you wanted to get just a chicken finger plate. More grease, please. <laughs> yes. Uh, also, we're, we're, we don't, we're not going to get into it right now um, because we have some talk – we're going to have some turkey talk here, but we are going to talk, Rex, about what our Thanksgiving plans are in terms of smoking turkeys. But I know there was something that you teased uh, to start this podcast, which was I'm the getting story it. you were the story okay. you were most thankful of writing. Do you want to start? You want to start with Aga. the story you're most thankful for, or that you that you're fortunate you didn't have to write? No, no, no. We'll start with thankful. Let's let's keep it positive right out of the gates. And and I, I spent some time thinking about this as well because I think. When we now look at what has happened in every other sport, and I'm, I'm looking at you, college football, you, you're in the spotlight right now. When, when you look 
It, it seems like every week half the games are being postponed or canceled or whatever it is. That playing rate. It's, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And, and look, I'm a Florida State fan, but I do feel like they were probably ducking that game uh, against Clemson because I feel like a PPD Smart. on that front is probably a bit of a victory as bad as FSU is playing this year. But when you look at – and again – College football, I'm looking at you, but it's happening in every other sport where games are getting canceled and postponed. And the fact that when we started in June, you and I sat on this podcast, and, and I think we were both nervous. I think it's fair to say both of us were, were a little worried that this felt premature. Golf being the first one back didn't feel like we were going to blaze a trail that others should be following. Now, in retrospect, there have been positive tests. There have been issues. The commissioner had to fly all the way to Connecticut to set some folks straight because they weren't following the guidelines. But now that we're this far down the road, and we had some positive tests last week, but we're carrying on and we're not postponing events or canceling events. I, that's the story that I'm most thankful that we were able to write this year. Yeah. I mean, the fact that we actually had golf to cover and write it and talk about uh, from June on was, was certainly a victory. Um, the fact that we had three major championships, I know the Open Championship got postponed. And that's one of our favorite trips of the year. But you, you think about the three winners that we had, you know, the the crowning of a, of a young star in Colin Morikawa at the PGA Championship, um, kind of the validation of, of Bryson's new method at the U.S. Open, and then, of course, DJ's um, just dominance, utter dominance that we saw at Augusta National. I mean, those, those are basically as good as you can get for winners outside of a Tiger or a, or a Phil Championship. So the fact that we had majors, the fact that we had regular PGA Tour events, the fact that the LPGA was back at up and running, PGA Tour champions, the European Tour all got – back in action i think you know with with some help on the way with vaccines and therapeutics i think i think the arrow is finally starting to to look forward uh, and pointing back up in 2021 uh, i'm going to shift gears a little bit for my story that i was most thankful to write just because of the spirit of thanksgiving rex and so uh in the spirit of thanksgiving the story i was most thankful to write was one on a, a fellow by the name of, of kamayu johnson i did a feature story on him in February, he's an African-American player. He's, he's really had some struggles over the past decade. He was a, college, he was a high school dropout. Uh, he was homeless for a while. And through the generosity of others, whether it was a, a GM at a club uh, up in Tallahassee or friends who have, have put him uh, in their homes for an extended period of time just so he had a, a roof over his head, or whether now it's sponsors who are kind of funding his dream on the mini tours he's been able to have some success on something called the advocates pro golf tour uh he's won a couple of times on that circuit and he's going to be playing rex in the farmers insurance open at tory ponds in 2021 got a sponsor exemption i'm not saying it's solely because of the story that i wrote in february but we we helped get um his story and his struggles out there and fortunately a lot of people have come through to help him and helped fund his dream. And so I was really happy to see that. And that was a story that I was really thankful um, that I was able to tell this year, just because it, it felt like it, it, it made a difference more than a Bryson gamer or, or a Dustin Johnson gamer. Uh, very happy for him. I feel like you're taking a weird victory lap when we were trying to talk about being thankful, but it, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for everything that's I'm coming his way. And apparently it's because of your story. I'm not saying because of my story, I'm it saying, sounds like you are. I mean, it, it didn't hurt. It didn't. It didn't hurt to tell that story. But that's that's the type of stories. I, I know. I know you're you're infatuated with the Robert Strebs of the world, um, and you really can't wait to write those on Sunday night. But 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 these are the stories that I that I feel can actually make a difference. 
and I'm happy that in some small way uh, we were able to to improve his his short term outlook. How about that? Professional segue as I get to the one story that I'm most thankful I didn't have to write. Drum roll, Sung J M. And this is nothing against him. I think he's a fantastic player with an interesting story. This is a guy that was lived a vagabond existence and bounced from hotels to hotels until I think he finally got a place here in Orlando a couple months or maybe a year ago. It, again, it could be an interesting story, but the panic that spread across my face on Sunday afternoon as we watched how that, that leaderboard was playing out and the idea that I'm suddenly going to, after not saying one word or asking one question of Sung J.M. for the entire week, figure out how to write a thousand words on Sung J.M., that was terrifying to me, and I thank whoever, the golf gods, that they did not force me to write that story. You can thank Dustin Johnson, who was just on absolute cruise control. Uh, speaking of stories that I have sure. written this year, Rex, I wrote 30, 3,500 words on Sung J.M. earlier this year. Thank you for reading. Uh, now, of course, no, thank it, you. Was on, it was on his relationship with his caddy. There was a sweet story that they, you know, he, he threw him a bone to caddy. Did he fire that caddy? He fired him about two months later. So I'm giving away the plot get, here. He, he fired that caddy, didn't he? he I, we couldn't even bring it back on the website because it was so outdated now that Sung Jay has fired him and he's now using Bobby Brown. However, it was a, it was a nice story to tell at the time. Uh, I didn't want to write Sung Jay on Master Sunday. I didn't want to write Cam Smith on Master Sunday. I wanted to write Dustin Johnson, and I'm glad that we got to write Justin, Dustin Johnson. We did. We did. And, and, and to spin it forward, what's the one story that you want to write next year? Just to go ahead and exhaust the theme. Right next year. Sure. Um, yeah. I know mine. You go first, then. Let me think. Uh, yeah, I threw that one on you. Sorry about that. Uh, only because I, as I thought about this, I want to be at the Ryder Cup next year with with fans, with with all the fans, with all oh, the pageantry. Oh, that was that was a good one. Man, thanks. Uh, uh, I've got, I've I, got, I've got one. I've got, I've got one. I want to write an Olympic Games gamer. I want to write a game story from the Olympic Games. I don't know. Uh, you've never I done that. Know. Yeah. That'd be cool. No, I don't know. I don't know what the credentialing issues are going to be there. I'm not sure. If, I, I think they're predetermined to have it regardless, but you know, what kind of, of spectator presence they're going to have, I would imagine it's going to be pretty limited, um, but it would be a, a treat to be able to spend two, two and a half weeks in Japan, a country I've never visited to write a story I've never written. And that is the, um, the, the medal ceremony and the, the podium and, and the player getting a gold medal. I think that'd be really cool. This is fascinating. Are you getting a dirty look right now because you want to go to Japan for two weeks while your wife stays home with uh, eh, not a newborn? Well, no, he'll be well into his, what, twos or threes by then. So it should be interesting. Uh, she just took a phone call. Uh, yep. Just got a just got a phone call. Sorry about that interruption there. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to have to text her on the side. Say a little <laughs> little preoccupied here. Uh, Rex, uh, since since we clearly only have a couple minutes before we're able to go, what are you? What are your turkey plans this year? You and I are both big into the barbecue game. Uh, I'm a little uh, bigger into it. I guess you could say I'm, I'm uh, obsessed. Uh, but what are your plans for cooking the turkey? Because I, I know you're the man of the family. You run that house. What are you going to do per, to provide for your family this Thanksgiving? I, I like the way you flipped that. Yeah, you took everything off you and, and put it right back on me. Well played. Uh, I, I'm going to say that the man of the house, that, that's comical. This is the first Thanksgiving that we will spend in the Hoggard house in, I'm going to say, 20 years at least. Normally, we're in New Orleans with my wife's family, and it's enjoyable. Obviously, uh, everything they cook there is delicious, but we could not because of COVID this year. So we were at home, and I offered yesterday afternoon, as a matter of fact, that, hey, 
like uh, I looked into one of those uh, turkey fryer things. They're not expensive. I, 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 I kind of like one, to get. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, but she had no interest in that. All I got, I didn't even get words. All I got was a yuck face. Mm, yuck poo. Yeah. A, so I will just be yuck poo. Yeah. I said. will just be eating it. I would just be eating whatever turkey she shovels in front of me. And I'm sure she's, you're going to smoke a so turkey. She's, she's going to make it. Yeah. 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 My wife's a very good cook. She's from New Orleans. She's a very good cook. It's just she just doesn't like the idea of frying or smoking a turkey. Why would you not smoke it? Smoking smoked turkey is delicious, and that's that's a discussion I want to get in uh, for our, for our golf listeners here. Is Go. is what you have to do? I mean, Thanksgiving is is the Super Bowl of of dad days. I mean, this is a day that you can really show off for your family. Um, you have an excuse to to drink beer and 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 hang around in your sweatpants and watch football and just absolutely gorge. And so I feel like you really have to take advantage of that. And so Rex, when you have the Super Bowl of dad days, it's a, it's a multi-day process. And so yesterday I went to the store. I'm not going to give the store name because they don't sponsor this podcast, but I did go to the store and I got a turkey, a 14 pound turkey. That's enough easily to feed four and a half people, which is what our family is. Uh, and also have leftovers. And now Rex, does your wife, does your wife, does, does she brine? Does she brine the turkey? Because that is the mistake that people make. They do not brine the turkey. Everyone complains, oh, my turkey's dry. Oh, turkey's disgusting. Oh, my turkey doesn't have any flavor. It's because they don't brine. That is the simple way to inject some flavor into your turkey. Does she, does she brine yes or no? I, I have no idea. As I just said, I've never been home for Thanksgiving. I'm always in someone else's house. I'm not paying attention to brining or not brining. I'm drinking. You don't. You don't watch them make the turkey? No, no. I'm, I'm usually drinking beer and watching football. But yes, I've never seen someone. I couldn't even tell you what brining what is. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. This is hard to hear. Your, okay. your barbecue card is going to have to be revoked. Anyway, so this, this year, the brine starts tomorrow. Uh, probably going to inject with some kind of butter mixture into the breast. We're going to rub it down uh, with, a, with a rub that I got. We're going to. What rub? I am curious what rub. So. This is actually a point of contention in the car right now because I wanted to go to Academy oh, Sports no. and get my Meat Church uh, honey hog rub, which is a, which is delicious to put on turkey. Uh, wife did not let me. Wife did not let me go, so I had to. I had just had to get some random Traeger rub that I'm not. I'm not real pumped about. Um, well, I didn't know that Academy had had that rub. It's it's a point of contention, Rex. I'd rather not talk about it. Um, I'd rather just move on to, to wishing everyone a, a happy Thanksgiving. Sounds to me like you're having one of the, you're going to have an interesting Super Bowl of dad days ahead of you. That's very cool. Yeah. And it's supposed to, it's supposed to rain, which, which means I'm going to have to stand over the smoker with an umbrella. <laughs> it's it's going to, it's going to be tough. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for this Golf Central podcast brought to you by TaylorMade. Everybody enjoy your Super Bowl of dad days and we'll see you next week. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.
Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.